Welcome, everybody, to the Hockey Think Tank podcast brought to you by the HockeyThinkTank.com, a website for all players, parents, and coaches to go to get a little bit of education and a little bit of inspiration regarding the greatest game on the planet. What an episode we have for you guys here today. We are bringing on a couple young bucks who played junior hockey last year in Connor Bizal and Adam Zukowski, and they won an Eastern Hockey League Junior Championship with the Boston Rangers last year. Connor was actually the captain of that team, and he will be heading off to Buffalo State to play college hockey next year, Division Three hockey, and Adam is still going to be playing juniors. But the reason why they are coming on is they have founded an unbelievable organization called the Fellowship of Hockey Advancement, where basically they are going to be mentors for players coming up through the system that are either getting into junior hockey, player jun- playing junior hockey, um, totally free platform where they're just going to be, again, uh, a sounding board for players getting through that because it is not easy. And what an awesome thing that they have going on. But before we do get over to the two boys, let's get to the talent of the podcast. Another awesome guy in Jeffrey Levechkio. Vex, what's up today? Happy 4th of July, Tovsky. <laughs> Pretty excited. America. America's birthday. Independence Day. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. Just excited. Excited to be here. Excited to see some fireworks tonight with Bay. Should be pretty fun. And uh, excited to have these two guys on. Like, can't believe what they're doing. think it's so cool. And uh, excited to kind of shine a light on what they're doing. Hopefully some of the listeners uh, or, or the listeners, players or listeners, sons or daughters, take advantage of what these two guys are offering. And, um, you know, it's kind of like that movie, Pay It Forward. You ever see that movie? A hundred percent. Yeah. One of my favorite movies of all time, like especially the meaning behind it. It's kind of what they're doing. And I, and I absolutely love it. It really is. And we were introduced to these two guys by another former podcast guest in, in Drew Lane, who is an incredible entrepreneur and he runs the penalty box foundation and just has an incredible thing going. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, um, go back and listen to his because it was, it was awesome and very, very inspiring. Um, but these two guys, um, what they're doing right now, I mean, we talk about it with, when we talk to them, this was something we wish we had when we were coming up playing junior hockey, because, oh my gosh, there's so much uncertainty. It's so difficult at times. There's so many ups and downs and twists and turns in, uh, in every player's journey, especially when you're going through that. A lot of these kids are leaving home for the first time. Um, and it's just, uh, such an, just, I mean, it's a free platform. Like these guys are just trying to make a positive difference in the hockey world. And so when Drew contacted us about what they were doing, it was a slam dunk to get them on here. And not only do we talk about the amazing thing that they're doing with their company, the fellowship of hockey advancement, but we just talk about hockey in general. And we talk about what it takes to, to get to the next level. And we talk about how difficult the journey can be. And uh, it's a very honest and open conversation with myself and Jeff who have been through it before. <laughs> and then Connor and Adam who are going through it now and they're feeling all the feelings right now. And uh, I just thought this was a really, really fun conversation that I think a lot of, especially parents, of kids coming up through the ranks, whether you're, you know, a youth hockey parent or a hockey parent of the junior hockey levels, but also all the kids that are coming up too. I just think this is a real honest conversation about what the life is like and, uh, and and what you kind of need to do to, to succeed through it. Yeah. And I like the, you know, we kind of all went through 
um, you know, some of the different obstacles that we hit hard times, whatever, going to training camps and being cut and also the benefits of those. And it's one of those things where unless you've experienced them, it's hard to articulate to somebody like, you know, if a mom or dad, like a kid gets cut at a junior camp, a mom or dad, they can't really, who have, haven't been through that situation, they can't really articulate or, or give you examples of so many people they know or played with or themselves who went through that exact same thing and be like, look, like this happens. This is part of the process. This happens to tons of people and you can still go on and make another team or, you know, do this or do that. And, you know, it's totally normal. So, you know, I think that what they're bringing to the table uh, can offer a lot to a lot of people. I'm, I'm really excited for what they're doing and I hope a lot of people take advantage of it. Definitely. It gives a great perspective. And just like what you were saying, like, as I was kind of reliving some of the things that happened in my hockey career, you feel the emotions like come up through your stomach and into your chest. You know, I know we both felt that as we were talking about it because man, like there are so many highs and so many lows, right? It's just uh, such a, such a rewarding because it was such a difficult thing, you know? And so um, it was great to be able to talk with these guys, especially going through it and hearing their story. And then I just, dude, like, it's incredible what they're doing right now. It's absolutely incredible what they're doing right now. We talk all the time on this podcast about how powerful mentorship can be and just how not only being mentored by somebody, but then paying it for, like you said, and being able to be the mentor of somebody else coming up before, uh, after you, uh, it's just so good for personal development and, and character development and what these guys are doing. Um, again, go to their website. It's the fellowship of hockey advancement, look them up and, uh, you'll hear all about it. Uh, when we talk to them on the podcast and just awesome, awesome stuff, man. So cool. Yeah, it was funny later in the podcast. I could tell you were getting uh, you were getting the emotions coming back. Just I like can't help it. Through that stuff. No, I was, <laughs> I was. I mean, I had different emotions. I was like clenching my fists, like, oh my god, thinking about some of those things. You know, like a hundred percent. It's pretty funny. You know what though? Like, I it's it's amazing when you look back and you you just get to relive some of those moments. And some of the tough moments when you get injured or you get cut or you lose, but then some of the great moments too. And then you think about like just all the people that helped you along the way. You think about just the entire journey to, to help you get there. And I think maybe in, in our older ages, we, we get a little bit more perspective and wisdom in thinking about it, but you still can't help getting those emotions and feelings back. Um, and it's just cool. It is cool to kind of relive some of that stuff. And I'm sure some of the people listening to this right now in their cars or at work or wherever you guys are, it just, it can bring some stuff back. It's awesome. Yeah, for sure. And it's just like, man, I wish I could go back and oh. would have had, would have had like somebody like you or I, or somebody like these guys who are doing what they're doing to like have to bounce things off of while I was going through that stuff. And we talked a lot about how, you know, junior hockey can be kind of lonely, even though you're like the tightest, like with your team and or pro and, hockey or you. Yeah. Hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're, you're, you're around the boys all the time, but you, you made a great, uh, a great example on the, on the podcast in the episode where like, you know, just because your roommates on your team and maybe you're billeting together, maybe he's on the first line, he's the first power play guy. And you're a fourth line guy struggling to stay in and in the lineup, you're in and out. Like your two experiences are very, very, very different. And right when you were talking about that, I immediately thought about me and Staz. 
So Paul Stasny, we've had on the episode, he listens to, or on the podcast, he listens to every episode of this, played for the Winnipeg Jets last year. You know, I train him in the summers now <clears throat> online. And um, he lived, we, so we grew up together, for anybody who hasn't heard that episode, we grew up together, played together from like third grade all the way through our second year of juniors. Then he went to Denver and I played one more year, went to Western Michigan. Um, and uh, he lived three houses down from me in Omaha, went to the same high school, we're in the same grade, like everything was like right there, but we had completely different junior experiences. That is for sure. And I look back and right when you were saying that, when you said that, I was like, dude, that was me and Paul. Like, you know, he was up here, got treated completely differently by the coach than me down here. And, uh, you know, like we couldn't really understand what the other guy was going through, even though like a little bit, but it, it was, it was way different. So that was, I love that you said that because that's so true. And I think that's where, you know, these guys in this service that, that they're offering, I think could really help somebody. For sure, man. And it's free. It's a free tool where, free! <laughs> and, uh, you know, I would encourage, especially the parents who are listening to, uh, to check it out because, you know, even as a parent, there are things that we can't accomplish <laughs> with our kids just in terms of connecting because we haven't maybe been through the experience that our kids are going through or we're not in it right now like these these guys are in it right now and they're great dudes um and and yeah so the fellowship of hockey advancement go check it out and uh yeah before we do get over to them obviously have uh, a lot of people to thank uh obviously drew lane number one drew thanks for putting us in touch with these two guys and drew helped these guys out uh as an assistant coach with the boston junior rangers last year won an ehl championship in one of the most difficult years that you can win a championship uh because of covid and uh i know vex you were a part of that team as well in your training program so you got to train these guys from afar as well how did that go was that pretty cool yeah it was it was unbelievable um you know it's pretty cool for me being being my first year as a junior strength coach especially online little different situation and um was able to help the team win a championship so that was that was super exciting and and you know i can't thank drew lane enough for that and speaking of drew i just want to read something that he asked me to share on my instagram because as we know he's trying to help everyone out in the hockey world he's the best guy ever um and with that those new rule changes to the ncaa um, he, he said, uh, with the recent, recent changes to the NCAA NIL policy penalty box, which is his company is seeking to work with a group of collegiate hockey players who align with our community first mission. If you are a player who has faced adversity to be where you are today, or are working to change the world for the better, we want to meet you. Let's change the world together. So if there's anyone out there, parents, players, coaches who are going into the NCAA or currently in the NCAA and uh, looking to partner up with a company. I can't, can't uh, say enough good things about Drew Lane and his company, The Penalty Box. So message The Penalty Box. You can get a hold of them at uh, hockeyfamily at penaltybox.com email, or you could probably shoot their Instagram a message, uh, Penalty Box on Instagram. So, um, you know, pretty, pretty insane rule change, pretty crazy. I'm happy that these college athletes are getting this opportunity. Yeah, it's, I wonder what it's going to do to like the landscape. It's just, uh, I mean, college players are finally going to be able to, uh, to get paid through NIL. What's that name, image, and likeness, I think, is NIL. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> Gold jacket, green jacket, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's it, like 
It's going to change the landscape and I'm not entirely sure how I got to get in touch with some, some college guys and see how it's going to affect them, especially some of maybe like the bigger schools, you know, like the Michigans and stuff um, and the Wisconsin's, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. But yeah, if you are an NCAA athlete, reach out to Drew and, and the penalty box because they're looking to, to partner up with some people who, um, you know, their mission is very similar to ours here. And there's a reason why Vex, you know him a lot better than I do, but there's a reason why you get along with him so well, just very similar values and just really trying to provide some, some big time positivity to the hockey world. So uh, yeah, reach out to them. Uh, also want to thank our title sponsor in gel sticks, G E L S T X.com. Go there, use the coupon code think tank one word to get a nice discount on some weighted training aids. It's funny. I've seen quite a few people and a lot of it on Instagram, uh, and Twitter right now of people shooting in their driveways, right? Shooting in their driveways, getting outside and, and a lot of people using gel sticks because it is a, a great training aid. So thanks to them for, uh, for supporting our podcast for as long as they've had, they've been our title sponsor since we've been doing this whole sponsorship thing. So again, G E L S T X.com use the coupon code think tank one word. We also want to thank train heroic, which we've already talked about with Jeff and his online training platform trains, a bunch of junior teams championship junior teams trains uh, a lot of different people uh, not just hockey players but athletes and and I don't want to call them regular humans as well but let's go with regular humans <laughs> who are just trying to get a little bit better shape so uh, go to train heroic download the app on your phone look for RIPT ripped hockey uh, go figure that would be Jeff's company name ripped RIPT uh, but pretty, pretty cool stuff. And then thank you to icehockeysystems.com. These guys are amazing. They are your number one resource for hockey education. We have partnered with them to do an association platform. You can go there. There's over a thousand drills. There's systems breakdowns from so many different people. Uh, they have a draw drilling platform. And with that, you can also send this out to all of your coaches within your organization or your teams. You can send practice plans before practice. So everybody has an idea of what's going on before. Awesome, awesome, awesome platform. So go to icehockeysystems.com. We also have our hockey think tank parent survival guide that you will get with this association platform as well. And that from the feedback that we have gotten has been just a great de-stressor for coaches <laughs> and for hockey directors, because it gives a great blueprint to parents about what hockey development and what hockey education is about. So go to icehockeysystems.com, search for the association platform and, uh, and get that for your association today. Such a great value add, but we are so excited to get these two guys, Connor Bazal and Adam Zakowski on our podcast. They are doing a phenomenal resource for any kid out there in the hockey world today, a free platform. So uh, check out the Fellowship of Hockey Advancement today. And without further ado, here we go with Connor Bizal and Adam Zakowski. We are so excited to have on this episode of the podcast from the great state of hockey in Minnesota, we have Connor Bizal and Adam Zukowski. How are we doing today? Adam, let's start with you. How's your summer going, man? Going great. Spend it on the lake. Classic Minnesota summer. <laughs> that sounds amazing. And Connor, how about you, man? How's everything going? It's going great. It's on the ice working out. Yeah. Same thing going to the lake. That's kind of all we do. So it's been good. 
<laughs> I love it. Well, let's get right into it here, guys. And, and uh, you know, obviously in the intro, we gave a little bit of a spiel about what you guys are doing uh, inside and outside of hockey and just the amazing stuff that you're doing for, for mentorship for kids within the game. And, and I definitely want to get into that. But before we do, let's introduce you guys a little bit to our listeners. And you guys are, are both Minnesota, born and bred. Um, so I'll talk a little bit about your playing experience going up in Minnesota because it's a lot different than a lot of other places in the country where you're getting to play for your town and, and stuff like that. So, Connor, I know you're an Elk River guy. Uh, talk about a little bit growing up in Elk River and your experience growing up there. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is a lot different than, than the rest of the country. You know, we're we're playing with guys that you grew up with and you go to school with. Um, you guys all live in the same town. So you play play with the same group of guys basically every single year. And, um, you know, playing outdoors in the winter on the ponds and, and all, the, all the outdoor rinks, it's, I mean, it's what you live for. And, and I'm so glad I got to come through the Minnesota system because, I mean, I have – buddies that I've played with since I was like seven years old and, and we still talk today. And, um, honestly, it doesn't get much better than that. Love it. I love it, man. That's, uh, that's, that's cool. It's, it's so different, right? <laughs> Vex. And I mean, we're still friends with our, like, you know, our buddies that we grew up with, but it's just different because we didn't all come from the same town. We're all driving in from different places and stuff. But Adam, you had a bit of a different path. You grew up in Minnesota too, but you actually moved away towards the end of your high school career to play for uh, Noel Needham, Sioux Fall Power. Um, but how was, how was your experience growing up and why'd you end up making the change to go out there? I actually finished my high school experience. I, I went all the way up to my senior year, and then oh, I played okay. 18s as my, as my age up. So when I was in youth, I played for St. Paul, um, the St. Paul Capitals, and we're literally within, like, a five-minute range of each other, and it was totally awesome. It, um, there were, like, three outdoor rinks that all the kids would meet at, kind of like business experience, too. Um, and then I, I had a great experience at St. Paul Academy. It's probably the most similar thing you can get to prep hockey out East, except the kids kind of live a little closer and there's no boarding, but yeah, being able to play in front of all your best friends, every kid you go to school with, it's something special. It's like almost like college hockey before it, before it starts. Um, But when I did move away to Sioux Falls, I I had an interesting experience because I'd never done anything like that. Like there's such a, a Minnesota bubble um, that, it's like it's not like that anywhere else like kids uh kids don't have to take long bus rides to find good competition kids like like in Sioux Falls we were taking like 14 hour bus rides to Detroit to play Little Caesars or um Honey Baked or all those teams and whereas in like Minnesota you could drive 30 minutes and play like some kids who are going to the NHL like it's it's insane but that's cool man so talk a little bit about like you know that that transition because I, I had the transition was more not not necessarily from like high school to junior but the transition from college to pro where you know you're kind of playing for something right you're playing for something you're playing for your town or you're playing for your school or whatever and then you kind of get the pro hockey and where it's a little bit more individual which I guess is a little bit like junior hockey because everybody um, is looking to get that college commitment or to, to advance to that next step and so I know a lot of people and people going from high school to junior they have a little bit of a difficult transition because it is so much different from even the way the locker room is at times to maybe I don't want to say there's more selfishness vex, but like 
you're not necessarily, everybody's not all in for that one thing unless you really have an awesome culture, which some junior teams do and some pro teams do. It's just a lot more difficult to, to kind of create that. So, um, you know, a, uh, Adam, we'll, we'll go to you first here. Was that a difficult transition going from, you know, kind of everybody all in playing for your town to then going to a different place? And in, in, and then when you get to junior hockey, where everybody's a little bit more concerned about maybe their own career and, and trajectory? Yeah, it was completely different. I actually experienced more of like a common goal when I went to junior this year, obviously our team, Boston Junior Rangers won our league championship this year. But when I played 18th in Sioux Falls, it was just kind of a a random group of kids almost. No one really had crazy connections with each other or played with each other before. And for the first couple of months, it kind of felt like like an extended pre-draft camp. (laughs) If that makes any sense, if you guys know what that is, it's like a North American league type of thing where they just kind of mix some kids together and let them play. Um, so it, it was kind of like that for the first three or four months. And then we kind of started to bond. But at the same time, there, we weren't really working towards a collective goal because we already qualified for nationals. And we were just kind of waiting for that. Um, and it was difficult because uh, I there was a part of high school hockey where I really enjoyed playing in front of girls or like my guy buddies or teachers and playing for my school pride. And like, that's so fun. And it it gives that extra boost of confidence, but it it really takes a dedicated hockey player to be in those 18s games. So those games that no one except maybe scouts is watching or the stands are empty to really perform well. Um, And there, there's ways to teach that, but it's also kind of a self pride thing that you, you got to learn. Yeah, makes sense. And and Connor, you went from high school uh, to be intended in the North American League. You know, when you got to the NA and it was junior hockey, like how big of a transition was that for you? Kind of similar question, just going from, you know, playing for Elk River, a lot of pride for your school to junior hockey, where it's a little bit more of a business. Yeah, unfortunately, you kind of you kind of see the political and business side of it right away. Um, you don't really get that when you're in high school, but I mean, I think the toughest thing too is like just the physical aspect of it is like you're, you're going against that. You're going against guys that are three years older than you again, like guys that are 21 and, and matured and um, have been out of school for so long. And, and so that was definitely tough. I mean, it's definitely a faster game once you get to, to juniors, definitely a lot more physical. And I think too, like the whole mentality is kind of different too. Like, so for me, like I went out East to play juniors and like, I know us Minnesotans kind of have a, a reputation for being too nice and stuff. And it's like, you're on the East coast and it's, it's completely different. Like, don't get me wrong. I love, love the people out East, but like, it's, it's just different. Like everything about living out there is different. Um, and yeah, even adjusting, like living on your own, like that, that's something that, you know, guys in Minnesota aren't used to. I know AAA it might be a little bit different where there's billets and everything. Like you don't bill it when you, when you're playing high school in Minnesota, you're just living at your house and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it was, it's definitely an eye opener. I think you see how good players really are. And I mean, you're getting guys from all over the country, all over the world um, at these teams, and at these leagues, and, and it's hard to compete, but uh, you learn, you have to learn quick. Otherwise you're, you're going to sink right away. Yeah, I love that you said that for any of the coaches listening, something I like to always say to the younger guys, like, yeah, right. You're one of the best players like here in this town. This is one small city in a big state, in a big country, 
in a big continent in a big hockey world. Like you are, there are so many of you and you, that's why we were talking pre-show about going to, you know, different junior camps and, and how important that stuff is because like, until you start going there, you're like, Oh my God, there are a lot of good hockey players, my age, a year older than me, two years older than me, a year below me, two years below me. They're all going out for the exact same spots on these junior teams. You know, it's not playing in your community anymore. You're you're no longer the big fish in a small pond. Like it is very, very eye-opening how hard it is to quote unquote make it in the hockey world and keep going up the ranks. There's no doubt about that. And it's, you're right. I played on the East Coast for quite a few years there too. And uh, people are definitely a little different than they are in the Midwest here, like Minnesota and you know Illinois and Missouri. That's for sure. A little more blunt, if you will. <laughs> that Midwestern charm, it's it's gone. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's definitely a little different. <laughs> a little more cutthroaty in the in on the East Coast, that's for sure. Oh man, so so guys, so I have a feeling like this this podcast that we're doing right now is going to hit home with a lot of people around your age. And, and I think it's great learning experience for kids that will be in your shoes, maybe in the next couple of years. So kids, maybe 13 to, to 18 that are going through it. And, and one of the things that Jeff and I love to talk about is just like, again, it kind of goes along with what you're saying, Vex. It's hard <laughs> to, to play high level hockey and to advance in this game is, is extremely, extremely hard. And it, and it comes with a lot of ups and downs and it comes with a lot of twists and turns. And usually the trajectory of where you think you're going to go, it's not what's going to happen. And so like a lot of that comes down to just the ability to be able to handle adversity and build resiliency and, and kind of like roll with the punches and keep a positive attitude and keep your work ethic with whatever happens. And, you know, so just talking in the pre-show with you guys, you know, both of you guys, you know, at, at the beginning of your junior hockey career, um, had plans of playing in the North American hockey league and it didn't necessarily work out. So talk to us a little bit about, and Connor, we'll start with you here. Like what that process was like for you, you know, maybe thinking, you know, this is where I'm going to be. And then ultimately that not being the place that was the best for you and having to go somewhere else and then figuring out where the best place was going to be for you and trying to navigate those waters. Like, was that pretty difficult? And, and how did you handle that situation? Oh, it was by far the hardest thing I've gone through in my hockey career. I mean, I, I know we talked about a pre-show, but like a lot of people go, oh, if I'm not going to play in the USHL, then I'm going to just play in the, just play in the NA. Like, like they're kind of downplaying it. And that's kind of how I was in high school. Like I had interest from USHL teams, nothing ever came out of it, but I was like, all right, well, I have this NA option that I can go do. Like, I'm just, I'm just going to go do that. And so once I, once things fell through there, I mean, you kind of realize like, like just how hard it is. Like for me, like I had a really good high school career. Like I had D1 interest as a senior, like stuff like that. I'm like, why is this happening to me? Like, like I almost thought that what I'd done in the past got me into that league, which I mean, that's just not how it goes. And I think the transition for me was like, I mean, obviously right away mentally, it was, it was really tough. I kind of had to swallow my pride a little bit and realized like, Hey, like I might not be as good as I once thought I was, but that's okay. Cause like, it was my first year of juniors. I still have two years to get things done. Like if I have the right mindset and I realize and like buy into the process, like I'm going to be fine here. So, I mean, and finding a new team was really hard for me because when I got cut from the generals, um, it was like late August. So, like every team had already 
have their guys chosen, whatever. Like I was kind of in a dead spot. And uh, so, yeah, I went out to New Jersey, honestly, like didn't know much about the team at all. I, I honestly didn't know much about the East coast hockey wise all either. So um, I was fortunate enough to have an advisor. He kind of got me on the team. And once I got there, I was like, okay, like this is, this is a reality check. Like I, even, even, even going to New Jersey, I knew it wasn't going to be easy. Like, I think if anything, like they had like, I, I like at least 10 D one guys there when I, when I showed up, I'm like, well, there, this is juniors. Like I'm going to have to either man up and, and, and figure it out, or I'm going to be, I'm going to be going to school as a normal student pretty soon. So, um, it was difficult, but it was definitely in, in the end, like, I'm glad it happened to me because, uh, I feel like I carry so much more wisdom and like I can deal with adversity better. So love that and and adam how about you same question yeah my my transition even to 18s was difficult because right away like things didn't go as i wanted them to like i thought i would just because i barely missed out on an na or a north american league tender the year before i thought and i was just like thinking to myself oh i'll work hard i'll get an early tender like and maybe i'll just make the team mid-season like hopeful um yeah and and things just kept kind of going downhill I wasn't playing the way I remembered myself playing in high school I didn't think the competition was like that difficult I just wasn't playing well and I was in my own head and I was making mistakes that I don't normally make um and that that season obviously got cut short due to COVID um and then I, I ended up signing a tender um mid-April like in the heart of the pandemic um and that was kind of like a, a spark for me um and, and it kind of got me through that that down period where I was wondering like okay well maybe not D1 hopefully D3 like hopefully I can go to a good academic D3 school so I can at least get like a nice little career after hockey and then I started doubting myself on that and like wow like maybe I am just like this, I'm going to go be a regular student. And so I kept kind of bringing myself in this downward spiral. And I got this, this call out of nowhere and I signed a tender and my, <laughs> my work ethic came back completely. It was, it was crazy how night and day it went. But um, yeah, I, I got to work really hard out of that. And it, it kind of got me through that really first, that first year where it was a really tough transition for me. How did you guys get through those tough times? And, and, you know, we can dovetail this at some point later on in the conversation into what you guys are doing right now. But Vex and I are, are huge believers in that, you know, when times aren't going well, it's really hard to do that alone. <laughs> it's really hard to do that alone. And you need a really good support system and support group to kind of help you through that. So Adam, like, was there, you know, a certain player on your team or your family or like what was your support system like as you were kind of going through those lows trying to figure things out with your hockey career my family's been extremely supportive I gotta say that's number one they did anything and everything they could for me because they know how much I love hockey and like they saw me almost fall out of love with the game that that first 18s year um so I, I worked with a sports psychologist for a couple months he was a football guy um and I don't really think he understood fully like the scope of hockey. Um, and I don't feel like I maybe a hundred percent bought into what he was doing. I was just like, okay, maybe if I go here, it'll fix things. I'll just be better at hockey, which didn't work. And I, I didn't lean into that. And 
I, I don't know. I, uh, I had a lot of talks with my parents. I came home on some off weekends and we had some long discussions about whether life with, without hockey, how to deal with that. But I realized like this deep passion I have for the game, like I just can't quit. Like I just need to keep going. Um, and like, I got really into meditation midway through my 18th year, my sports psychologist recommended it, but I kind of took a little bit of a different route than what he said. And I just practiced like breathing exercises on the bench and little things that kind of kept me grounded to help my game improve or at least get to where I wanted to be. I think that's, that's uh, really important is, is talking about struggling your first year one and then two for parents to hear this like there's and we say this all the time but since this is you know junior hockey guys talking about their experience not giving yourself a timeline too I think a lot of parents at least from what I've seen is they're like well he's a year out of high school next year if he doesn't make it then he's going to college and obviously that's something that your family has to decide together what you want to do and stuff like that but as we've talked about on this podcast, the average age of freshman is not 18 years old. It's not 19 years old. Like, you know, the, the age is a little bit higher. So it's normal for most guys to have to play one or two years of juniors, right? So I think that parents listening to this, if you have younger kids, that's just something that you maybe need to be prepared for, right? There's, there's no one has the same path. And I don't know what the percentage of true freshmen are, in division one and division three college hockey, but I would assume that it's pretty low compared to, compared to, uh, you know, guys going in a little bit older, maybe Tofu, you can speak to that. I don't know. Um, but that's just something I hear from parents all the time. Well, we're going to give him one year and it's like, well, your kid's really good. He still could play division one, but it might take him two or three years of juniors. I played three years of juniors. Tofu played four. We started a little bit younger, but I was getting offers from the best division one schools at the time to come back and play a fourth uh, year of juniors, full ride offers from the biggest schools that you can go to. I just decided that I wanted to leave after three years and not play a second year out of high school, but I easily could have, and, and it probably still would have went really well. So that's something for the parents listening. That's something that you've got to kind of prepare yourself for and think about. Yeah. And, and I wanted to, to kind of piggyback off that Vex, like Adam, with your conversations with your parents, like what was, what were their words to you? Because, you know, I know that through some of my tough times in hockey, when things weren't going well, that's when I understood and really, you know, when you get down to the nitty gritty of self-reflection and stuff, that's when I figured out how much I absolutely loved this game. You know, and you mentioned you talked with your parents, you had some long conversations, some hard conversations, and, and you came out of that being like, no, this is what I want to do. I know this is what I want to do. I love this. So, and then I, I, I'm like, you know, I think about the, the long talks that I had with my parents and it was the same thing. And they were very like, hey, you know, this is a tough thing, but if you love it, then follow your dreams, man. <laughs> that was always, that was always their, their advice to me. And it's not going to be easy, but talk about a little bit, like, cause we do have a lot of parents and kids that listen to this podcast on their way to the rink or home or, or wherever, you know, what were those conversations like with mom and dad? A lot about how happy I was playing hockey. If I, my parents wanted me doing whatever is making me happy. And I was lucky, luckily enough, like they can support me through even having to pay for junior hockey, which 
which does happen. Um, and they said they, if that if it's my passion, if it's something I really want to do, and if I know it's something that will make me happy or has made me happy my entire life, they want me to do it and they'll support me through it, which is all I can ask for from them. Um, and any way they could help like that, that sports psychologist or different like training coaches that like I want to go work with or that have reached out or like a camp I really want to go to, like they'll support me. Um, and obviously that, that can't happen all the time. And, um, but it, it all revolves around love of the game and they've seen the passion I've shown ever since day one of playing hockey and, they just kind of gave me stories about memories they they remember um hearing about or seeing when I was younger like um <laughs> just just like little things like I used to like walk my bag to the rink in like blizzards when they couldn't drive me to games and just little stuff like that um to kind of reinstill a love of the game because they kind of saw me losing it and at FHA I know we haven't really mentioned it yet um through through my time after high school i've seen countless kids lose like love and passion for the game and i just see it happen whether it's not playing or seeing their friends going off and partying and really want to follow them um and just kind of join the general crowd um but we teach ways at the fellowship of hockey advancement to help kids keep that passion to remember what kept them playing the game and to remember like what's ahead of them as well. Like what opportunities the game presents you because it can, it can take you for a really long ride. So <laughs> Jeff and I are still on that ride. We're not playing anymore. So <laughs> we get that. That's powerful stuff though, dude. Like that's, that's really powerful. And, and Connor, how about for you too? Like, you know, it, it hasn't been uh, a straight path for you and, and you found yourself and I should say you're finding yourself playing college hockey next year. Um, what was your support system? Like as you were going through the ups and downs of what this crazy hockey journey takes us through. Yeah, it was actually pretty similar to Zook. Um, I love my family to death, but at a certain point, kind of what they were saying was was like a broken record to me. Um, when I was when I was in New Jersey, I had an amazing built family, and I was able to like talk through my difficulties with them and stuff. But um, you know, I I too had a sports psychologist, and he kind of changed my life. He turned everything around for me. Um, I was very close to, to working with one. I didn't really think I needed it. Um, my parents, he's from, he's from my hometown. My parents know him. So they got him in touch with me and I was very, I was, I was non-receptive to it. But, uh, once I started seeing results, I was like, okay, like I'm going to buy into this. And, and once I realized like the little extras I was doing for even on the ice and off the ice, like I was like, okay, this is what I needed. So that, that was definitely a big help. Um, it's funny. Like I, my mom, um, is not the biggest hockey person. So like every time I like got cut from a team or any like trouble I had in hockey, she's like, well, maybe, maybe you should just go to school and and just be a normal student. It would make me so mad. I almost used this field to like, just keep going. And, and my dad played junior college hockey. So he knew the process. He's like, no, like you're, you're fine. Like, like you love the game. And like, if you work hard, like you're going to be able to play college hockey. And same thing as like, like Zook said, like, being able to provide for me financially for like playing was, was huge. I'm forever grateful for it. And, um, I know they, I mean, they, they always told me whenever they'd have to pay, like we're doing it cause you're chasing what you, what you love and what you want to do. And, 
um, yeah, I'm forever grateful for it. I, I have such a great support network and, um, my first year that definitely was, uh, was the most in, important. So I'd love to, uh, talk about kind of how you got to a sports psychologist, um, uh, maybe why, maybe some things that, that helped, uh, that the sports psychologist helped you with, because, you know, when Tolf and I were playing back then, it wasn't really a thing. I was lucky in the fact that, well, I mean, I wasn't lucky. Um, a car accident happened when I was playing juniors where, um, you know, one of my, one of my teammates passed away and I was in a car accident with him. So I talked to a sports psychologist for that situation and the, the CD he gave me to help me sleep at night had sports psychology stuff on it. And that's how I just inadvertently got into it, which eventually like literally was one of the biggest catalysts to, I think to me having the career that I did was that one sports psychologist CD. It got into opening my mind to, you know, visualization and writing things down and practicing on getting in the zone and mental practicing mental reps um, versus just physical reps. And, you know, more and more now, like, like you guys are saying, like juniors is hard. Like it's hard, you know, you're, you're going to get knocked down. You're going to get cut. You're going to get this and that. But if you love the game, we only live once. Everybody says YOLO, YOLO. Well, yeah, YOLO, man. If it's something you love, you only live once, like give your all to it, you know, play out your entire junior, junior um, timeline because college is always there. This is my thought process. Again, something you and your family have to decide. College will always be there. School will always be there. The working world, you're going to have to do that for the next 30, 40, 50 years of your life. You only get to play hockey and real hockey until your junior career expires. And then you might never play a real hockey game ever again. So why not like go all in? And one of those things that I truly believe will help anyone, whether they're slumping or they just want to be better, is working with a sports psychologist. Um, you know, somebody like Matt Calderoni, who we had on the podcast multiple times from Malatium. Look him up. If you haven't heard those episodes, literally check those out. Um, but I want to talk to you, Biz, about like kind of why did you go there and what did you get out of it? Because I think a lot of people need to hear this and a lot of parents need to hear this. I actually, like I said before, I didn't necessarily want a sports psychologist. I didn't know much about it. Um, it was kind of a foreign concept to me as well. Like I, I had known who the, who my sports psychologist was cause he lived in my hometown, like I said. And, um, but obviously my parents figured I needed them. And I think the most important things that I, I learned from them were, yeah, like you said, like visualization is probably the number one, you know, visualizing before a game, getting that image in your head and even just like, like even journaling, like I was, I'm not a big writer. Like I hated writing in high school, but like I realized how important it was once I started working with him. Cause I was doing pregame or pregame journaling, postgame journaling, like even just like, like daily journaling after practice. Like it was, it was really good for me. And, and um, just like the questions he would ask me, like really challenged me to think about like how things are really going and like, what I'm doing in my life and a lot of the stuff that he's taught me, I still, I still do today. And I, I definitely can't recommend it enough. Like it, like I said, he changed my life and I, and I didn't even want him in the beginning. Like that's all like something like that can, can turn everything around. So. That's great, man. And Adam, how about you? You said you talked to one as well. What were some of the things that you got out of speaking to one? My expert psychologist taught me how to use imagery instead of visualization, I guess they're, they're kind of similar thing, but 
his his way of explaining imagery was that like he wanted me to like use all of my senses and not just like my like imagination i don't know so like he he had me write scripts that i would like recite and like there would be certain like sensations i would feel like he would have me like like feel in my fingertips like what it would be like to score a goal or or little little things like that and I don't think I worked with him long enough to fully develop like I worked with him for like a month and a half I think and I don't think I worked with him fully enough to get the like complete benefit out of that but there were definitely some interesting topics that I did pull I still use visualization he taught me some different breathing techniques that I talked about earlier that I still use on the bench um, and just different ways to clear my head when I'm in a slump or it seems like I just haven't been making the right plays or I'm not feeling the puck right that day or just pucks are bouncing weird, just different ways to center myself and keep myself on my toes that game. So let me, let me ask you guys this question. Um, you talk about your sports psychologist, like how much, of your conversations with this sports psychologist were actually like about sports visualization imagery you know the stuff that we were talking about and how much of it was more life stuff that you kind of needed to figure out to to get you guys at your best biz how about you we'll, we'll start with you first i'd say it was like 50 50 honestly he, he my sports psychologist was a big hockey guy although he worked with um athletes and people from all over so um yeah, I'd say like, like, like Zook said, the breathing, the, I mean, he got me into yoga too, which that isn't only hockey. So breathing yoga, um, the hockey visualization stuff like that. Um, yeah. Otherwise like, like he was, just, he was more concerned about my actual well being more than my, like how hockey's going. Cause like if my well being isn't, um, up to par, then my hockey game is going to be. So, uh, it was definitely a healthy balance. Like I'd say we talked, I mean, we, we'd probably start off talking about hockey and then we just dive into like the off ice stuff and everything away from, from the ice. So. Gotcha. And Adam, how about you? Same question. It was probably 90 Ben hockey to life. And at that point I probably could have used 40 Steve hockey to life. Um, but what, what he had for hockey was the correct thing. But like at, the, at that point, I probably wasn't primed for a sports psychologist. Um, and I don't think this was like two years ago, but I don't think I was correctly like implementing the stuff he was teaching me in weeks. And it would kind of like I would just trail off on doing the stuff he would teach me. Um, but like with a better setup and someone that you can see like in person, because I was seeing mine virtually as well, um, it, it would be it'd be a lot better of an experience. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So I want to move on a little bit because the way that we got introduced to you guys was, was through Drew Lane, who is, uh, he's been on the show. And if you haven't listened to that, I mean, this is a guy who I've met him like once and spoken to the phone or, or through zoom with him, maybe a, a handful of times. And I would run through a brick wall for him. <laughs> um, but he, he was an assistant coach for you guys with the Boston junior Rangers and the EHL. And you guys won a championship there. Um, you know, I'm wondering 
from having gone through the crap, you know, to find yourselves in a spot with a coach like Drew winning a championship, I have to imagine that it was a team when you're winning championship championships, you're probably, you know, pretty bought in and guys are enjoying being around each other and sacrificing for each other and stuff, you know, um, how, how did that feel for you guys having gone through the crappiness and like what stuck out to you guys about, maybe that coaching staff or that culture or that team that, uh, that you guys really thought was awesome. Connor, we'll start with you. Yeah. So first on drew, like that guy is on my Mount Rushmore of people that I know, like he is one of a kind. I, we were so blessed to have him on our staff and, and just have him around the rink at all times. Like, yeah, like you said, just, he can make me run through any brick wall at any time of the day. He's, he's incredible, but no, the thing about this season, um, I think the best part of our team was like, we never really got flustered. Like we had so many times throughout the season where, you know, we had guys out of the line or we had guys injured or um, we were down late in the game. And like, we were literally just level headed the whole time. And even like in our championship game, we were down, I think two nothing, like with like five minutes left and we tied it up and we won in overtime. And like, and, and I mean, bringing that back, like right when we won, it made me realize how thankful I was for everything that I had gone through in the past three years. Like I, like in that moment when we won, I just had like a flashback of, of my whole junior hockey career. And like, it just made everything worth it. Like I know um, it obviously wasn't the way I had probably imagined it would be when I, when I was coming out of high school, but like I learned so much, like I'm so much more ready to go to college and stuff like that now. And um, but yeah, I mean, our team this year, like we were, we were so tight knit and I think that was probably what set us apart from all the other teams in our league. And we just, we just did it for each other. Honestly. I mean, we, we loved each other and, and bought in the whole season and it was, yeah, it was magical. Unreal, man. How about you, Adam? Yeah. Speaking on, on Drew, he's been like instrumental in us starting FHA too. He's been a huge supporter of us since day one. And he's been, he's been behind us the whole time, just helping us got, he's been the mentor to our mentorship program basically which has been really awesome and he was there anytime he needed to talk like guys worked in a shop at the rink um and he, he'd always be there chatting him up just talking about i don't know the junior hockey life um he has an office at the rink everything everything you can always you can always see him see him there um unfortunately i didn't get to be a part of that um that playoff run because i was injured i broken my hand and got in surgery but seeing that winning culture and and living with the guys um we all lived in, in team apartments this year i think 90 percent of the team lived together so we would see each other literally every second of the day um we it was the tightest team tightest knit team i'd ever been a part of and the guys were unreal and and i'll, I'll be a captain next year there and hopefully we get to relive the same exact thing so uh, hopefully hundred percent baby. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I, I just got to say too and interject on, on drew. I know told fast about him, but like the guy is the best guy ever. And I just want to plug his company penalty box, uh, real quick because what they've done and we had him on our podcast. And it, again, if you haven't heard that episode, go listen to it because what that guy's done to help hockey families around the world is unbelievable. He basically unbelievable. has gone in and, Unbelievable. He's basically yeah. cut the legs out from underneath the big guys uh, who are 
who are making profits that are just ridiculous and big, not fair the to big us. Big equipment companies. Yeah, the big equipment companies yeah. and just not fair to us. And he's found a way to not only help local hockey stores, the mom and pop hockey stores, the sports shops, but also help everyone in the hockey community. And then on top of that, he donates so much time, so much money, so many resources to hockey families around the world. Like it is insane. He's got um, the penalty box foundation as well, which is a, is a charity that he runs. And the guy is just nonstop. I literally talk to him on Instagram every single day. And uh, you know, he messaged me about business and helps me with being an entrepreneur and, you know, he's the reason that I was able to work with these two guys this year. He hired me as a strength coach for the Boston Junior Rangers this year. So I was super, you know, uh, grateful for him helping me start that company and uh, took off. The boys won a championship this year. And these are two jacked meats who are uh, living proof. So, you know, Drew is a great guy. And uh, anyone out there, listen to his episode, follow the Penalty Box organization, the Penalty Box Foundation. He's just unbelievable. And I cannot say enough good things about that man. And we need more people in the hockey world like him. Yeah. And, and with Drew, too, I worked at his warehouse for part of this year. And he, and he, he talked about this on your guys' podcast with him, too. But he has this wall of like, all the notes from people that he's gotten, like thanking him for all he's done. And like every time I would look at it, I'd get like super emotional. Cause it's like, you've saved my love for the game. Like I can actually play hockey now. Cause he like may have donated like a full set of hockey gear to them and, and little things like that. That's so cool. Well, you know, you guys have, have taken what he's done in, in, giving back and, and you guys are doing something very, very similar. And, uh, that's a big part of the reason why we wanted to have you guys on the podcast here is because, um, first and foremost, to talk about your experiences, because there are kids that are going through that right now. There are parents that have kids going through that right now. And then it's almost preparation for, for the younger kids who are, are going to see the, the craziness of you. And it's, um, you know, it's a, it's a journey that is full of a lot of uncertainty. You know, when you want to play college hockey or you want to play junior hockey or professional hockey, whatever, there's, there's just a lot of uncertainty that goes along with it. And like we talked about before, having people in your corner that can help you through the ups and the downs. I mean, that's everything. And you might not eventually make what you wanted to make. Very few of us do. Um, but at the end of the day, the, the lessons that you learn and, and everything you go through, through that process, um, makes you the man or the woman that, that you are. Um, and so you guys are, are doing an unbelievable thing in a mentorship program and it's called the fellowship of hockey advancement where you guys are shepherding and mentoring kids, that want to go through that process or might be going through that process. So, um, you know, Adam, I'll, I'll start with you on this one. Um, how did the fellowship of hockey advancement, uh, become an idea that you guys had? And then if you can't just give us a little bit of, uh, uh of an ele elevator pitch of, of what it is and what you guys are trying to do as well. It revolves around Drew again. Um, and, and Vex as well. So, Biz and I would always kind of be one of the later ones in the weight room doing our, our workouts for the day after our skates. And we'd just find ourselves like getting to know each other better. We knew we had really similar paths, both kind of getting cut from the NA that year, both being Minnesota high school hockey guys playing on Boston. Like we, we had a lot in common. Um, and, and we'd kind of like, we'd cherish those talks together and they kind of 
built into something where I texted Drew looking for volunteer work just to kind of fill my time up because while I was out playing junior, and this is what we'll tell a lot of our kids as well, like you have a lot of free time because you can only be at the rink for so long during the day. So I was trying to fill my time up with something like productive and I texted Drew about volunteer work and he didn't really get back to me until I saw him at the penalty box um, store at our rink. Uh, where Biz was working, and he was like, yeah, sorry, I can't really find any volunteer opportunities for you. Um, I'll keep an eye out, though. And Biz overheard that, and he was like, well, like, I've actually been thinking of doing something related to hockey, like helping out the hockey world in some way. Would you be down to try that with me to flesh out an idea? Um, So a, a bunch of months later, we created the Fellowship of Hockey Advancement, it's uh, a mentorship program meant to educate and elevate the experience of teenage hockey players by providing consistent mentorship through one-on-one meetings and holding community values. So a lot of what we're based around is finding kids who are either lost in the junior hockey world or who've begun to like kind of lose that passion that they felt, whether it's in high school or the JV kids trying to make that step to varsity and figure it out. We'll be there for a one-on-one call just to kind of share our experience, what got us through these certain humps in our, in our path, these adversities that we've had to face and how we overcame them, how we've kept our passion for the game, how, what hockey's done for us. Very cool, man. I, I think that's so cool. And Connor, let's, let's hear your side of it. Um, you know, it sounds like you kind of had an inkling of, of something like this. Um, so what, what inspired you to do that? And then how did you guys end up pulling this thing off Or now you got a mission and you got a website and, and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, I honestly don't like, I, I think it's kind of like what Zook said, like I had so much free time and I had to realize like, I hadn't done much like community service or volunteering like since high school. I mean, we, I was, we, I mean, before COVID we had some team events that we would, we would do and, and stuff like that. But, um, no, I, I knew, I, I kind of had like a realization of how much wisdom I really was carrying inside of me. And it kind of like, it started where in the summer, like a, one of my mom's coworkers sons plays hockey and he just wanted to talk and we ended up talking for like four hours. And I realized that like, there were some things that I, I was saying that he had never heard before. And then I also had a realization that like, I have a lot of stuff like built in me that like, I need to start pouring out to the kids that are coming up, coming up behind me. So I knew I wanted to do something in this realm. I didn't know how I want to do it or, or in what way, but um, yeah, it was a perfect, perfect timing here in Zook talk to Drew about that stuff. And yeah, like you said, I knew we had similar paths. So that was, that was awesome. And um but yeah, I mean, I think if you want to advance to the hockey ranks, like you gotta, you gotta be your best on and off the ice. Like you need all areas of your life to align and you need to be doing everything you can to, to be hundred percent in all those areas. And I just think, I mean, we've realized like there's so many people that we've played with or people that we know that are in like the highest junior leagues, like guys that are committed to play division one, like everybody's going through, like everybody goes through something in their career. Like it doesn't matter how good you are. You can't avoid it. It's just how life goes. And a lot of the guys kind of get lost sometimes if they don't have someone to talk to about, or if like they don't have a solution to their problems. And I mean, like, like we talked about earlier with the sports psychologist, I've learned so much from my sports psychologist, whether it's the activities I've done or like just the concepts that I hold that like, I want to pass this on to guys that are coming up next and guys who are 
Um, you know, I think high school and junior hockey require a lot of transitions and you got to transition quick. Otherwise you can, you can go down pretty, pretty fast. So, um, yeah, we just want to kind of be like the big brother to, to players and, um, literally be there for any of the struggles that they have hockey wise or, or even away from the ice. So. Vex, how unreal is this thing? Dude, I literally can't even explain how cool this is, boys. Like giving back, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's literally like what we're trying to do with this podcast, you know, and you guys are, are doing it in a, a, you know, a more personal setting and you'll really be able to affect individuals. I think very, very, very positively. Um, you know, I went through like, like everybody, I went through a lot of struggles. My first year juniors, Oh, sorry. Uh, dogs are going nuts. I went through uh, a lot of struggles. My first year junior. I remember one time the coach sat everyone on the bench I was the only guy on the ice. He made me bag skate while he skated right next to me and yelled in my ear, you want to quit? You want to quit? You want to quit? I'll send you home right now. You're a pretender. You're a pretender. You say the words, quit, quit, and you'll go home. And like a 17-year-old kid who's away from home, just trying to like do his best, you know, like that was extremely hard for me. And I had no one to talk to, you know, I felt alone on an island. And, uh, you know, junior hockey is hard and there's, you know, you, you go from being the leading point scorer on your team or whatever to, you know, score one goal and have two assists my first year. Like that stuff is super hard. And you're like, am I even good enough? Like, should I keep playing? You start to hate the game. And, you know, like if I would have had somebody like you guys who'd been through what I'd been through to talk me off the ledge, you know, metaphorically, I can't even explain how impactful that would have been for me. So not only is it so cool that you're like helping, you're going to help so many players. And I hope the kids out there that are in juniors, or I don't know what age you're going down to with this. Like, I really hope that they go to your website. I really hope that parents take this note down. And, you know, if your kid's going to play juniors soon and just stash us away somewhere in case they ever are going through a hard time, you can say, Hey, Check out these guys. I heard them on the Hockey Think Tank podcast, which obviously means they're legit because our podcast is sick. And uh, <laughs> give them a call. They can help you out. You know what I'm saying? What's up, Biz? Yeah, so I'll, I'll just add, like, yeah, like we are just, right now, it's just high school and junior hockey players. Um, we think that's where, like I said, that's where players have to require or have to transition the most. And, and I think, like, we just, like, the main reason we're doing this is we just want to provide a resource that we wish we had, like, when we were a couple years younger, like I wish I would have had something like this when I was starting high school or starting juniors and, and everything like that. And, um, I just think, I mean, even just beyond like our expertise, like we have players that we've played with and against that, like we know, and, and guys that are like NHL draft picks, like D one players, like we want to get at some point, we want to build like a group of players and, you know, like, something like this, like we get these guys talking to the guys that we know and ask them questions. Cause I mean, it, like you, you learn from, that's when, that's where you learn from the best. And I mean, I was Zook and I, like we've basically combined, like we've been through just about every situation you can think of when it comes to hockey. So like, we feel like we're equipped, but at the same time, like we have like a support group beyond us that like can help players and, and talk to players as well. And, and we want to get those kids connected with each other. And that's, that's where the community part comes into it. And early on, we spoke about our families and having that support system, but not everybody like has that. Not everybody can just go like home on the weekend and cry to their, not cry to their family, but like complain to their family. Um, 
so we, we kind of want to be that part as well. But another piece of what, what we have at FHA is that education through experience piece where I spent way more money than I needed to on camps that made no sense for me to go to. And they just deflated me as well. Like these, we talked about earlier, these pre-draft camps that what are your chances of making this team like 0.5%, maybe less, and you're paying 250 to $500 for four games of hockey. Like, and if you go to maybe, maybe one makes sense earlier on in your career, but if you're camp hopping, you're going to five or six camps a summer, you're going to start to really dislike hockey and you're not going to get much out of it except spending way more money than you need to. And on top of that, like when I, when I was a senior, um, I hadn't, I didn't really have anybody in the grade above me who was playing at that time that could kind of guide me like through like what their experience was their senior year, like talking to teams and stuff like that. And I had no clue like what advisors were or how shady they could be. Um, and we're definitely here to like educate kids on that. Cause that's not something that's really talked about from kid to kid. It's usually just an advisor selling itself or like a, a coach selling his camp. It's just stuff like that. That kind of, kind of is a waste of money. So, that's very, very true. But I, I want to go back to something, Vex, you, you said it, but, you know, Adam and, and Biz, you guys probably have lived it too. I feel like, you know, you mentioned, Vex, that you felt lonely. And, like, there's a very big part of this, you know, this hockey ride where you can feel lonely. And even if you do have the best support system, even if you do have a great family or great friends or great teammates, you know, they might not be going through the things that you've gone. You might have the greatest teammate ever. That's your roommate that you're with every day, but maybe he's the leading scorer of the team and you're struggling to get in the lineup. And, you know, as much as you have a best friend right there, like he doesn't really understand or know the, the stuff that you're going through. Right. So like, um, feeling lonely in this process is a very real thing. And, and you get that from, you know, uh, th this experience that we're talking about right now, all the way up into the NHL, uh, guys feel very alone at times because they are going through stuff that they can't process, uh, just maybe at a, at a different level. And that's where I think, you know, for the parents that are listening to this, um, with what these guys are trying to do, I, I really think, and we wouldn't have brought them on if we didn't think this, but like, I really think this could be a huge value add to your kids life from a mental health standpoint, just because it's going to allow them to maybe not feel so lonely as they're going through the ups and downs and trepidations of what this hockey journey brings us. And, you know, I'm, i almost kind of feel a little bit emotional. Some of those emotions coming back from when I felt very alone in, in my hockey career, as I'm talking about it. I mean, it's a very real thing, right guys? Like it's a very real thing to, you know, feel like you're on a ledge vex, like you said. And, um, you know, there's people that come into our journey that maybe aren't the right people at the time and that can have a severe effect on us but also there are some people that on the other side of it that come into our lives through this journey that are game changers like you guys said with drew lane and we've had coaches and we've had mentors that have been in our lives at just the right time where they were able to get us 
through a situation that maybe we might not have been able to get through. And I think having the opportunity to talk to somebody, um, especially around uh, their age, you know, somebody that's kind of going through right now and those feelings and emotions and thoughts are, are very, very real um, that have been able to get through them through all of the things that they learn. Like, I really do feel like this could be an awesome, awesome thing for any kid um, and, and honestly, guys, like I would even expand to parents too, because parents are trying to figure it out. Parents, you know, I've, as a parent now and, and talking to parents of a lot of youth kids, a lot of times it's them that are the ones that's really confused and they want so badly to provide their kids for, um, you know, the, the resources and the opportunities and anything that they can, they just don't know how, and they don't know how to go get through that process. So maybe that's something you expand to later on down the road, but like, um, for, for, for the parents that are listening, I, I really do think there is a real aspect of this journey that can, you know, that, that sucks, you know, to, to put it bluntly. And so having an opportunity to speak to these two guys and, and the team that they're going to build, um, about this, I just feel like God, like, again, I'll, I'll echo what you guys said. I wish I had that, you know, when, when I was, when I was going through it. So, um, Vex, what do you think? You know, I, I totally agree. And it's, it's just like, you gotta, what is it like? You gotta have pressure to uh, create diamonds, you know, and to go through this stuff, like you come out better on the other side. There's no doubt about it. All the ridiculous stuff that I went through in junior hockey made me an absolute animal. When I got to college, everyone at my school thought I was a psychopath. When I got there, I thought I was an absolute psychopath because like I won everything we ever did. I refused to lose. Like it was all because I had it went through mental warfare for three years in juniors, you know? So like, yeah, it was tough. And it's like, yeah, I don't agree with a bunch of the shit that was done, but like, it also made me, it also sharpened me, you know, iron sharpens iron. So once you go through that, you can mentor and, and help the guys behind you or younger guys helping them through what they're, you know, the tough times they're going to go through. And so it's just, it's amazing that you guys are doing it and you're doing it so soon being in it. Uh, Zook and, and buys going off to school and, 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 you know, like you have it fresh in your mind. So you're going to, you're going to be able to do this and help the kids who like are in it right now when you just got out of it. And it's just, I can't explain, like, it is so cool that you're doing this. It's so selfless. It's so awesome. It's very exciting. It's what the hockey world is about. I feel like it, it was way more about helping everyone, you know, maybe 20 years ago and it's maybe moving towards like this more selfish game. So this is a throwback for me and I absolutely love it. And I, I couldn't respect both of you guys anymore. Um, especially you with your pit splits right now. Uh, is. <laughs> Ouch. Shots fired. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thanks Max. I was trying to hide it, but uh, no, uh, I think, I think the age thing is, is a big part too. Like I know working with my sports psychologist, like, yeah, he told me a lot of things that were helpful, but at the same time, like, he was a lot older than I was and like, he didn't necessarily have the same, same path that I did. So like, I feel like us being the age we are and like, yeah, Zook is still playing junior. So he's still going through it. Like, yeah, like you guys said, it's fresh in our minds. I think too, like, I don't know if we mentioned it yet, but it is free. Like we don't, we don't take any money for it. We don't want any money for it. Like we don't, we don't need to get paid to be good people and do the right thing. So like, I don't, yeah. I mean, I, I don't see why people wouldn't do it. I mean, like we, like, like you said, like we just want to help people and are here for, for any of the needs that people have and, and, and at a free price. So, 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 uh, tell our listeners, so where can they find you guys? What's your website? Where can they find you? 
Our Instagram is FHA Mentors, as, as is our Twitter. DM us on anything. Our website is fellowship, fellowshiphockeyadvancement.weebly.com. And we have a contact page there as well. We have a ton of videos of appearances we've made here on the local news. We've been on a bunch of different podcasts as well. Um, and you can listen to a ton, ton more of our stuff. We also write a ton of blogs. So we have like, I think we have seven art right now, just detailing different experiences. So I've, I've talked about injuries, how to cope with that in junior. Uh, we talk about like selections to summer camps, like nationals. We talk about um, just the untraditional life path that junior hockey is and how that's so different than the normal kid who graduates from high school and goes to college. Any, anything you can kind of think of what you're wondering about junior hockey, we, we write firsthand experiences about that as well. So love it, man. Love it. All right, guys. So fellowship hockey advancement.weebly.com. Check them out. It's going to be awesome. Before we do let you guys go though, I know that the Boston junior Rangers used a, a one ripped hockey, Jeff Lavecchio train heroic uh, workout session. How was that for you guys this year? I, I can't pump Vex's tires enough when it comes to this stuff. Like I swear every week he would text me asking how I was feeling and, and how the workouts are going. I just like, I looked at, at myself the, from the year before and like how I felt physically. And like, I felt a hundred times better doing, doing Vex's workouts. And, and I will say about Vex, like this guy brings the same energy to what feels like everything that he does. Like even the videos that he had for the workouts or like the descriptions that he had for them. Like you can just tell like he, loves what he's doing. He cares about all his clients and all the teams he works with. And, um, I honestly, I don't think we would have won a championship without him. And I, I mean that fully. I, I, yeah, it was awesome. Hey, oh, wow. Serious tire pump. Whoa. I'm feeling good over here, biz. Thanks bro. <laughs> yeah. This is my, this is my first time talking with next live, but it feels like I already know him better than most people do. Cause he puts so much personality into his videos and talks about how jacked he is and some of his explanations <laughs> and, and stuff like that. But uh, we had a great time this year. We actually had very few like strain injuries. The only big injury on our team this year was I think my broken hand. And that was not due to working out. That was due to me being stupid pregame soccer, but um, Oh. <laughs> yeah, but we had no injuries. Kids were safe. Kids were strong, and we won a championship. You can't ask for more than that. So love to hear it, boys. Love to hear it. Awesome, fellas. Well, good stuff, guys. And uh, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, like I said earlier, fellowshiphockeyadvancement.weebly.com. Uh, for everybody that's listening, check it out. Awesome, awesome service that these guys are providing. And as as Biz said, it's for free. You know, it's for free. So um, go check that out. Thank you guys for what you're doing to make the hockey world a better place. And uh, well, I'm sure we'll be seeing you guys uh, around the rinks at some point soon. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Appreciate it. Yeah.